So today I want to talk about it's a phrase I borrowed from the corporate world. It's called dressing for the job that you want. Uh, among the online people, they have several hilariously themed jokes uh, about it. You know, I got in trouble by HR because I showed up as Wonder Woman. I dressed as the people. I dressed as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And during my yoga class this weekend, I I kind of I like what I do when I want to kind of when I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I I I, I do many. Um, sometimes I hyper-focus on phrases and paragraphs of the relationship, uh, whatever relationship that might be. Like if it was a job relationship, like a, a, a boss-supervisor type of deal, I'll go and something said, I'll go home. And I'll, and I'm using hyper-focus incorrectly. I, I believe this might be rumination, but it's rumination. It's not just ruminating and staying stuck at that conversation. It's I'm, I'm replaying the scenario because I don't have closed circuit TV to go and replay saying, okay, this is what my eyes were doing. This is what my hands were doing, et cetera, et cetera. I, I do trust my ability to replay an event in my mind very, very close to closed circuit television because my job at the airport I was under 360 surveillance uh, and it came in handy to be very very meticulous about every single interaction because it was essentially a federally protected customer service job and if they filed a complaint I had to counteract that with a statement of regarding the incident. So I did. I, I trained my mind. And I still use that technique and skill today. Uh, so that's one technique I use to work through a mental block or a problem that I have to figure out one side. Another technique 
is what I've adapted to thinking as in yoga is and, and this is actually the concept behind yoga. It's to move your energies, move your thoughts as you're moving your body. It could be from the very first yogi. Like th this is this is the reason behind why you have that work epiphany or that idea epiphany while you're in the shower or while you're making other business or while you're fixing your car. You know, this is this is another reason why therapists like the art therapy, the play therapy, all the therapies and techniques that allow you to concentrate on one thing. But you're still moving your mind. You're still moving the energies and the thoughts. So presenting my most recent catastrophizing and fear of missing out and piecing it all together and why why do I have a fear of community? What what in my experiences have led me to have that innate maybe to a lot it seems irrational fear of community don't we all belong to a community the technical answer is yes if you reside in a location at any spot in the world where there is a population greater than two, you technically live in a community. We have community centers, we have levels of community, village, city, state, country. There are multiple levels, multiple tangible levels. I live in, there are even signs saying, I live in the Freya, Freya Village community saying, hey, it, 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 and it's an attempt for inclusion saying, hey, I belong to the Freya Village community. You know, if, like, if somebody is seeking that and their desires can be satiated at that base level, then that's all it, that's all that takes for them to say, I live in this community. I'm part of this community. However, for those of us who are a little bit nomadic in spirit, 
but all uh, have a home base. Community actually has a different meaning. Uh, when I, let's see. And, I mean, and of course, as the story goes, it is based in childhood. You know, my mother is not from Louisiana. My father is. And being first firstborn daughter, or first liveborn daughter, uh, I was a little bit more under the mom umbrella. And a theme growing up was that she definitely did not feel that the place in where we resided was our community. Now, as a kid, you don't realize that you're adopting parental ideas. I knew that in high school, I determined that group of popular girls, they were my, the group at my school was carriers. Of course, there were only 32 students in my class. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it There really wasn't the experience of bullying. They knew my family. My family knew them. Social pressures. You know, and I, I my distance to where, again, I didn't interact. I felt it was by my choice. Uh, 32 people in my class. They weren't bad people. I just, I didn't want to sit with them much. Uh, and of course, you know, high school's the time you explore. You explore your likes, dislikes. I went through, I, I went through many. But ultimately, when high school was done, I spent a couple years at a junior college, and after those years was my first experience with intuition. I was driving at night, it was at night, and I was talking and thinking about where I should go next. Dream was for me to always kick rocks, go back to California, live in California, UCLA, blah, blah, blah. I, and, and that's what I was debating. I, you know, where should I go? Should I tell my parents I want to go out of state? You know, like, what move do I make? Because that point, I was, you know, you know, college game was new. You know, figuring out what child wants. Mom wanted this. I'm like, no. And debating the conversation in my head, I saw a book. And, I mean, it was very distinct and eerie how, I think it was 
it was like fall. Yes, I, I don't really remember weather conditions for that night. But something went New Orleans. That's where I'm going to go, New Orleans. And I came home and I told my parents, I want to go to the University of New Orleans. And like fate and happenstance, no roadblocks. None. Before I knew it, I was on my way to New Orleans. 2004. 2004? Yeah. July of 2004. Um, and when I got to New Orleans, the atmosphere in the city was beautiful. I mean, laid back. It's, at least from my perspective, the, yeah, I, you know, the atmosphere was peaceful. You could feel the centuries before you. I mean, like, it, it just dripping off, dripping off. I mean, like, this spectacular energy in the city. We're not going to talk about college, but then Katrina hit. And our worlds were thrown into chaos. Not many people know this, but that was my first experience with being essentially homeless. I had a home in my parents, but no, I, you know, I, I said, no, I'm not going, I'm not staying there. Uh, so it was a couple weeks before school was going to start back up. If they were still letting people in the city. And I really did, you know, I slept on the, crashed on a couple places. But no, 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 no. I, I've actually mixed up about that. Brought all my belongings. They were in the back of my car. And... I stayed in a hotel. And the city decided to take us all out for Mardi Gras that year. Two weeks, oh, no, no, we can't pay, we can't pay. And then, all of a sudden, after Mardi Gras, oh, hey, if you want to go back to your hotel room, yeah. Like, no, no, by that point, I'd, I'd already been crashing on people's sofas, you know, extra rooms. And... It was like a couple days, a week away from the, the apartments and stuff opening back up in the city. So it, it was one of those where it was like, no, thank you. But it was, it was interesting. It was absolutely interesting. Um, So fast forwarding to present day, because that was like in 2006. 2006 then life, life happened. Um, 
life happens. Let's just say that. And, you know, experience things. Dating, in a way. Marriage. Work. Jobs. You know, not really thinking about things, not really processing things, not really saying, hey, why did I get so mad at my friend for saying that and then deciding I was going to, I thought it was a great idea to find somebody online. It was MySpace, so it was safe. MySpace was a safe space. But still, not being knowledgeable about dating stuff like red flags and whatever, you do let your brain does get in the way. Your your anger, your sadness, your desperation, your I should be here. You let it get in the way. And then we're just going to circle back to running. And circle back to the decision of going back into the race arena. Plus you Up until that point, I really didn't place much emphasis on nutrition, on running shoes, on the gadgets for running. Running actually was a very inexpensive sport for me at that time. Oh, yeah, the supplements, too. Uh, it was. It was absolutely inexpensive, inexpensive for me. I, I'd buy a $40 pair of shoes. I'd go running out in my shorts. And I, I, I really didn't put much. I just run. Running is natural. We all ran. My ancestors ran. My ancestors were warriors. Okay. It, you know, uh, poets in the past, walking three miles to the nearest town was a day's journey. It was nothing. They didn't do it with supplements. They didn't do it with, they may have done it with their diet inadvertently. But, it, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the science and knowledge behind it. The, the emphasis wasn't like But after my divorce, I realized how, how much I've been disconnected from my community. And I, I went to running. Running's a community. Running has nice people, which is why I honestly fell for the, the the assumption that just because somebody runs means they're a nice person or a community-oriented person, etc., etc. I also took a job that was supposed to come in with a built-in community. My father had a similar job and his place was structured with all sorts of community. 
they had they had galas, they had conferences, they had clubs within the job. They really actually build in that community within the force. And so I made the wrong assumption that all these departments have some sort of, that is my cat, and it is ridiculous. How many times I've yelled at, I bought you stairs, cat. So I assume that there'd be some sort of community. I thought they'd have similar things, like at least social functions. Uh, they talk about how they're family-oriented and the complete opposite was the truth of the matter. Uh, nobody wanted to associate with anybody. If they associated with you, it was to destroy you and slander you and start a smear campaign against you. Uh, these are people who are presented with nothing but the opposite for facts and still believe the lie in their minds or the the law. Well, someone so said it. Well, I'm the human that it's about and I'm telling you it's not. Uh, so community Let's see, and then, so those two points right there, I went, okay, well, unfortunately, the majority of my life is nabbed by work, and the times that I'm not at work, I need to focus on my kids. And I, I, I'm claiming that I'm stating this because this is what ultimately my disappointment was when I ventured out to join running. I found a group of people who were not athletes, or they're athletes, they're runners, but they're not paid athletes. We are all supposedly running for the joy of exercise because we like running, because that is the sport that makes us feel strongest, most alive, a warrior, you know, whatever terms that you want, that is the sport for us. That is our, that is our niche. Some people like soccer. Some people like football. I like baseball, but I can never find a baseball team to go and play with. And I say that, well, no, no, that's the truth. Because um, there's no I say that anymore because, again, <laughs> la, la, la. Life goes on. So I tried to join a running group 
that was from my my old gym because at that point they had closed. No. No, 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 no. My gym didn't close until twenty into twenty twenty, right after everything opened again. So to spice things up, I really my schedule at that point, like my brain, apparently, had gotten out of whack. And I'm like, okay, let me try and join a running community. I know these people from the gym. I feel pretty pretty chill. I like hanging out with a lot of them at the gym. Um, I try to force I tried to force it to happen. I wanted to be part of a running club so much that even when the first sign came around, you know, not not matching up schedules, you know, if I was off of work, I had my kids. If I said, hey, what are you doing next weekend, the alternate weekend, I was on shift. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. No wiggle room. Um, whatever the reason behind that running group was, there are multiple times I tried to coordinate with girls, with the guy who ran it. Hey, look, this is my schedule. I want to run with you guys. Would you guys like to meet me for a run this time? I can't speak for the other people, but ultimately I do gather that the perception was that it was a threatened feeling of me trying to take it over and take it away. And that perspective was gathered and supported by kind of learning what was going on in that person's life at that time. And it's like, okay, then I'm just going to stop trying to schedule outside of their group. And if I can make it, great. If not, I, I'm not going to guilt myself. That was actually my first lesson in not exercise shaming. Uh, we all like to be there. If we make an obligation, we all like to make it. We it, it's 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 the closest thing to a promise without saying it's a promise. This is why a lot of people have problems verbalizing, hey, I'm tired today, but I, I can't make our plans. Because, yes, if we don't want to let the other person down, but essentially, we are more concerned about letting ourselves down because in our minds, we're like that person who broke so many promises to us in the past that we don't want, we're afraid of becoming. We're afraid that this person, if we break plans with them, they're not going to want to hang out with us or make plans with us again. 
it's it's really it's it's a, it's one of those cycles that doesn't spin in the usual hamster wheel style. It kind of it's like that carnival ride, the gravitron, to where it it spins you around, but you get that feeling that you're going. You're spinning sideways. You're not going in front of you around and around and around. You're 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 off the time parallel grid and making an oval around in warp speed. Like you can feel your whole station warping. And when you feel that, you panic because you're like, what is the sensation in my mind? What I learned, I learned with that group that by trying to talk myself into saying that they were my friends, that it wasn't going to matter. I've had to learn that, and this is for myself too, this is, this is human. We cannot control how another person values what matters to them. We can't say, but this is an argument I have with my daughter, and I'm I, I'm still trying to search the words and examples for her to understand. When I say something and I speak it to you, I say, oh, I don't think that shirt looks so, I think that shirt, I think that other shirt looks better on you. After you say you've asked for my opinion or honestly, let's go with the classic. Honey, does this dress make me look fat? A lot of guys look at it as a question. In a way, it's not. However, the reaction that it elicits, it initiates the wife's insecurities about her body and it initiates that feeling of distress or anger or the time where her mother said the same thing. It, it's, it's, it's unfair because it does. It brings us and it throws it back on you by saying, yes, I think it does make you look bad. A lot of the problem is caused by not by the unmindful purpose. It's not the, she's already determined in her mind that this outfit does not flatter. However, a more mindful way to say that would be, I don't, I'm not really sure, but I know that that outfit doesn't flatter you the way 
the other one did. That way, you're not being untruthful, but you're not unconsciously eliciting that emotional memory, that emotional trigger that causes strife with the witness. I mean, and they could be vice versa with husbands too. We say many things that accidentally triggers uh, a rich. No, you know. So, but for me to go and say the fact that I didn't show up or I, I, don't, I don't even remember if I said, hey, I'll have to part ways with you guys. Um, I know that I wrote a part ways letter with a person who I was best friends with in high school. You know, even though everything I said in that letter was, none of it was uh, rude, brash, whatever. But the fact that I called, called her out on that stuff, she harbored a grudge on me. And oh boy, like I and I found, like I even tried to extend like olive branch afterwards, like many, many moons after. Say like we were both married and had kids. Like I found her on the Facebook. Now she wasn't having it. And I'm like, wow, okay. So I, I, I like I learned then how people take things. You can write the most beautiful letter, and someone can take it with heavy insult, or someone can go, oh, "Okay, that's fine," and just completely forget about. It. You can't control what value someone places on something, and the argument is when I try and tell my dollar daughter. Thing. sweetheart what you just said made me feel upset or made me feel sad she comes back with no it didn't no I didn't and I'm like I keep telling her so you cannot tell me what I feel from what you said I'm trying to talk about why I'm feeling sad but it's upsetting me even more that you're denying me that experience. And yeah, she's eight. She is an old soul. She understands. She understands, but she doesn't understand, which is why I'm having trouble verbalizing and flipping that switch so she can. But moving forward. Like I said, I don't, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I sent them a text message. Yeah, and it was one of those, hey, I'd love to be with you guys, but it just doesn't seem like my schedule's been matching. Um, no, 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 it wasn't. I just kind of stopped and they stopped texting me. 
And I think I sent a couple more. And then it was nothing. And then I'm like, it is what it is. And, and honestly, it was not that carefree in the moment. It, it was it was a big deal because again, I, I was trying to seek out a community that I belonged with. I, I'd already known by now I didn't belong in the police community. They were very clear that uh, as because I did not sell myself as a female to the other deputies that I was not part of their community. And I was okay with that. I was very much okay with that because by that point, I'd actually dove into clearing my energy, uh, clearing up all the negative past energy by seeing absence. I'm and I'm not I, I'm not getting involved. I'm not getting involved. I just met your girlfriend. I just met your fiance. No. Like, wow. You know, it really opened my eyes to, okay. <laughs> so I tried to, I tried to separate myself and continue on my marriage. The unfortunate part about that is when people want to attack you, the first thing people seek out is your sense of belonging and your sense of community. They know when they can isolate you. They know when you don't have a dedicated community that supports you. Well, fortunately for me, I'm a trusting person. And at, at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't, I, whatever with them. I have, I thought I had a friend. So in my mind, I had a small community, but it was one of those where I also knew it was a tentative. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, let's hang out every day on the weekends to go get soda cans down the railroad, spot a friend community. It was, it, it was to me a running fun that I could talk about running with. And, oh, no, it wasn't. And so when I realized that, I that's what part of my search was by deciding to practice yoga search is, you know what? There are many, many, many people who come to a yoga And it was a more it was a friendlier, more peaceful atmosphere. Uh, friendlier, you know, compassionate in the sense that they know you come to yoga to balance out your problems. 
while moving, while getting out of the house. Uh, and just by, just by, you know, listening in a safe place. Then the year that shall not be spoken, and that really was part of my grief. It's my gem was taken away from me. My yoga was taken away from me. And in the same swoop of a year span, my ability to run was taken away from me. So that's three communities. And I still had one last burning hope that the police community would, you know, come in and be that heroic moment of, you know, hey, we really do like you. And that's community like you when you're down. Like really stop on when you're down there like, oh, you're hurting? Okay. And they take reach out that hand. I mean, and it's, it's, I've accepted it, uh, clearly, I accepted it, um, but I, I actually, I, I accepted it, and that's the moment that changed the way I felt about myself. I was proud of myself from picking myself up off the floor. I was winning victories all around. Uh, you know, I got myself back on the road from desk duty. Um, I made my work day my own, and essentially I made my own community. And within that group was when I met Mr. 2022. And that's really whenever I began shaping my ideals about intimate partnership. And yeah, I, I want a partner. Ultimately, he was not the partner. He's not the partner that was best. I mean, his negotiation skills were weak. On top of the many red flags, on top of the trauma of being a Sudanese rock. I mean, this man's been away from his family since he was 15. His family has to sneak him out of Sudan. That's traumatic. That, that is the equivalent of my sister country. I think what I was given, I, I really think that I, I, I there was something he said, and I said, no, baby, I'm Puerto Rican. My family doesn't need a passport. Oh, yeah, we were talking passports because he was talking about visiting his family in Australia. And, and so I feel that he, 
he initially, when he learned that I was Puerto Rican, he thought that there was some sort of connection. Um, because I talk about all the time how I'm not able to visit my family in Puerto Rico as as I would like. And I, I feel that's what he keyed up on and cued into. And, and, I, and you know, I, that's nothing. But I do... I do understand that pain. I mean, there are families in Cuba that, like, I watched the movie In the Heights, and, like, I'm sitting on a plane, and I snot and tears running down my face, and, like, the attended. I know he knows what movie I was watching. I, I guarantee you just by the look of my face. But I mean, that Cuban lady, I mean, like when she finally gets to go back to her family in Cuba, unfortunately, it's by way of passing away and death. But that scene, oh my God. Oh my. What, what beautiful cinematography and beautiful representation of being forced away from your homeland. I mean, that's huge. And whenever I realized that connection, I realized what he was seeking in community. He knows what he's seeking in community too, but he was running away from that. One of his words when he was breaking up with me was telling me, oh, I look like his family. I share his values. I'm wife material. I'm this, I'm that, but I don't want that. And it just, his actions were different. His actions told me he did want this. He wanted, he wanted, you know, and I, I saw photos of his family and I knew I looked like his family, which again, assisted me on my my roots. Uh, and, and that's what I took from that relationship is a stronger connection with my ancestral roots in Africa. I know I, I I know my roots in Puerto Rico. What am I after? And I wish I could have logistically kept in contact with him because once I went down that pathway, of course I had nine million questions. And now I need to save for a trip to Egypt. But that's another year. That's another story. That that will be a journey. Um so I hope to form a community with him. Again, it you know, bummer. It was it was it made me sad. It really and that was actually processing that excuse me. Processing that actually Well, again, ever-moving balance, 
you know, one movement, the energy moves, you move again, the energy is dispersed in a different way. And I disperse that sad energy into a, into an epiphany. I went, I'm just sad. I'm normal sad. I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. Anymore. Like, like I realized that I had worked through the issues that led me to feeling that depression were gone, and I could experience a relationship at a base level of sadness. Now, did it wear my face? Did I show it? Yes, my therapist was very blunt about how I looked happier a few months down the line versus whenever it first happened. So yes, I was seeking proper therapy, you know, transitioning through all of this. this is, but a lot of the work was done after the therapy session. Uh, and as a therapist, we recognize that. We encouraged because if you just work with us in that one hour session, your mind's going to stay at the place it was. And the goal of therapy is to actually get you to that conversation where you're sitting us down and you're saying, I feel better. I want to try life on my own wings and on my own terms, but let's keep in touch in case I need you. That's, that's, that's what our goal is to help you help yourself. And so the search for a community and like I said, at that point, it was around that time uh, I had the first of the two races that I did last year. And that's actually a lot of what made that half marathon so hard. First marathon, half marathon, the crowd was so dense and electric. This one, I, I I think it barely had 50 spectators along the way. And a lot of the spectators were like just people trying to catch the train here and there. I didn't I didn't have that supplemental energy to feed up. And the energy during a race, again, going in with no support system by myself, uh, horse, my sister chickened out. Um, they live in Queens and they're like, oh, you know, we want you to say this. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to say what you're passively aggressive stating, 
why don't you just stay home and not meet me at the end of the race with my daughter, who I brought to New York to come cheer me on. Oh, great, we're gonna do that. Okay, because it just means nothing to me. That's fine. Um, so I left, I hugged my kid, she saw me off. And like I said, that, that race mile five, I was crying. I wanted to quit. I, I really almost turned and just like, I would have been sitting on a corner in Brooklyn crying and having a pity party about I don't know what. I honestly do not know. Yeah, yeah, my sister backed out. I want to say something else, but I I'm trying to keep it non-person here. Um... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a situation where it is what it is. That's my family. My family does not support. They don't know, for whatever reason, they do not know how to, my mother does not know how to support. Uh, my dad does not know how to support. I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why not. It's it is literally not that difficult for me to support me. It is not that difficult. I don't ask for the world. I don't go, can I have a pat on the back? I, you know, I, I'm not going to seek it. That's seeking validation. But I, and maybe I did do it as a kid, but it was quickly learned as a middle child that I wasn't going to get it. You know, mom was already busy with the first or Tatang the third. And I think after I told her that I wasn't responsible for my sister's room, after she's chewing me out for my sister's dirty room, I think she was a little done with me at age eight. So, no, I don't have a long history of people who supported me. My ex-husband did not support me. He did not support my career choices. He did not support me when I asked him not to tell my father that I had gone home, that I'd resigned from the State Police Academy. I was going to tell my father. I asked him, do not tell my father. I find out, I find out months later, he told my father the minute he hung up. He called my father and told him. I, that was the moment that I broke emotional bonds with my ex-husband was when he did not support me at work. They were witch hunting me at a federally protected job, meaning that they actually had to have cause. I mean, they brought lie upon lie upon lie. And remember what I told you about the post-circuit television? This is why I had I they I knew I had to train myself for that. And still with closed circuit television, 
backing up every single thing that I had said in a very close way, these people still continued on to harass me and attempt to fire me because they did not like me. Now, I was part of the union, and so I sought out my protection and my support. But in my frustration, because I can hear my voice rising, I can hear my anger and the, the part of me that I knew I deserved better, especially from my part. Especially from my You know, it's, there are people that I care about and there are people that I keep in touch. I, uh, the most recent friend that I have made from the yoga gym that I go to, she has been, she has been, I, I mean, I'm sitting here going, this is what I've been talking about. And I'm grateful for that. Like, I am absolutely grateful. And that is why I place so much emphasis on my desire and being, that's why I'm so upset why I couldn't do this because in the short time that I've been at my new yoga gym, I feel I've experienced so much support. The guy who proctors the soul school has been wildly beyond support. Like, it's one of those where his wife is a very lucky wife because he is the husband that us women dream about. Now, I, I don't know personal details, whatever, but at least, like, support-wise, this person is what we females are trying to get across to our guys. And there was something earlier where I thought, I thought of, and... Believe me, if I'm not a man-hater by now, I'm not ever going to be. And I do support the feminist movement. I am a, you know, I, I, I'm actually interested more in the feminist therapy because it's interesting. Um, but there is a standard. Oh, it was about I'll, I'll, I'll make a little blur if I remember, because it was good. I should have, I should have voice captured it, but I was still processing my, uh, I was still bolstering my, my bravery to step into that yoga gym. Um, and yeah, there are things that I'm not really, that I do take personally. While practicing yoga and a lot of it could just be 
that a lot of it really is the personal struggle of personal people. And it's great. And we often at times get insulted because what's, what people say are often taken like they may be searching for the words to say it eloquently and it just doesn't translate I know I am a lot more receptive to that concept coming from grandparents who struggled with the English language. My grandfather would try and tell a joke and we would, what's it called? We would laugh out at things because we knew that in Spanish, the joke was hilarious. Pero cuando hablando en inglés, the joke just felt flat. And just like my non-Spanish speaking people, you go, huh? End of the joke, and you're like, ah, <laughs> tell us the dirty jokes, abuelo. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, we would pity laugh, and we'd laugh because he would slap the knee, and, oh, 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 you know, so proud of himself for telling a joke in eight year old voice. And it's You know, uh, again, to to deflect the value that it could potentially hold. I I I do. You know, we all have trouble redefining the value automatically at times. At times, you're just in that mood where no, nothing. Okay. That's fine. What else you got? Other times, everything somebody says can hold a strong personal value. And if you're already in a place where you're trying to look at the world in a negative way, you're trying to find a fault in the world, you're trying to find a fault in your own actions, it's very tough. to garner that positive reframe and deflect that person's translated insecurities. And this is where, this is why I don't, uh, this is why a lot of times I don't like to bring up issues, especially at a world like a yoga gym, because I see it. There are attendees that want nothing more in the world than to be a part of that community. I, I, I watched somebody today, and she's finding a way in the world. Not, not the teacher, but an attendee. And She could be nervous, but you could tell what she wants the most is 
to be a part of this yoga teacher's friendship, this community, this, 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 whatever this was to her. And then the teacher ended the class by, I hope you never find what you're looking for. This is one of those things that's lost in translation. It, it's a, it's a, it's in a poem by Rumi. And to the teacher, it represents something so beautiful and poetic. What to me, and possibly that girl, how can you tell me that you hope that I never find inner peace? How can you tell me that you hope I never find a place in my community? I had to separate that really quick because even though I'm talking very passionately and angry about it, it is on record an anger that only I have with myself. On record, it's an anger I have with myself. There's no beef with anybody for saying but it is just the way our mind works and how we translate. To say that, because to me, my goals, taking that particular phrase out of context in any sort of way. So you're hoping that I never reach my marathon goal? You know, that's just like Mr. 2022 saying, he, I, he, he wanted me to run my half marathon. Boy, excuse you, you hope I run my marathon. In what world did I allow you to that to place emphasis on it mattering that you thought about that? After you sat there and trashed runners for running half naked, I understand and I understood it's because he had body issues. He had a period where he lost his health. And again, that's that was where my compassion with him came in is I read from whatever when he told me, I knew he had suicidal ideations at one point. He was still struggling with body image. And honestly, I wanted to be the person to help him with that. I wanted to be helpful. I wanted, I, I wanted to show, I guess, show myself by showing I don't know who, but I wanted to prove to myself at that point I was partner material that I could help build a kingdom with somebody. I could build a partnership. And I mean, realizing that I, you know, I had all that all along, no matter who it was with, it's just the other party has to be agreeable and receptive to that. I love my Friday boxes. I love the teacher who teaches it. I her her class stories 
have very much been in sync with major themes in my life. And even the class today, after not going to her class for almost a month, somehow she knew Ganesha was still a lingering part that needed to be spoken. It's not, it, it, it's, this isn't a complaint. This is not a complaint log, but this was something that even after balancing all my thoughts and talking to my friend afterwards, realizing that I did catastrophize the situation. You know, it's not the end of the world. There are other opportunities that I will have to become a yoga teacher. It's just something that I really did really, really want to do. And will becoming a yoga teacher solve all my problems? No. Just like becoming a therapist will not solve all my problems. Life is built with ebbs and flows and you have to stay in movement and practice of movement to balance these things out. You have to stay in communication. I, I will learn a lot from the clients I have. I will learn a lot from the attendees in my yoga. Um, but it, that, that particular phrase taken out of context. It really, and this, I know I should probably ended it, ends yoga with it since she first read the poem over a month and a half ago. Like, I, I, I feel that's a thing. And and it was, it was I had to yeah, you know, it, I guess it really depends on what you attribute to never finding. And ultimately, I feel it is a bad translation that when you take that particular line out of the context of the poem and what the original author means, it lends itself to something that can be taken follow it it could, could really devastate somebody you know especially if you're looking for companionship partnership peace friendship uh, a particular goal I, I know that running 26 miles or there it's not going to eliminate all my obstacles it's not going to eliminate obstacles I have in running. I need to, what I am going to do tomorrow is I'm going to go and run. And, and, you know, eventually by just running, the object or the reason behind this obstacle in my brain 
is either going to disappear or it's going to come to light to where I can process it and fully understand it. I do, I, I really do suspect it, it is connected to past friends, uh, not so much just to 2022. I can't say lovers plural because he's really the only person that would fall into that category. So it, it's, it's, it's grappling and processing what initiated the original obstacle. You know, uh, I suspect that part of the problem is my support network. And like I said before, I, I'm finding that I do have a friend that supports me. And that's, it feels great. It really feels great. And I need to figure out how I'm going to overcome the fear of another community rejecting me. It hurts to be rejected. But again, that is why a lot of people who are categorized under the people-pleasing that's something that we share is that we have been rejected. And the most, the funniest science and thing that I have brought to my mind was the phrase, it's not personal. Don't take it personally because there is literally no universe where you can't take it personally. You're arguing right now, but there isn't because you are a person and I am a person. And you say, to so-and-so, hey, don't take this personally, but, or, I shouldn't take what so-and-so says personally. Okay, so let's rephrase that. Because you are a person, and so-and-so is a person. They may, they, they, or they might be a lizard creature in human form but they are disguised as a human and a person. So, no matter if it really is so-and-so's internal issue, it's still something personal. But wait, what? What? So-and-so is still a person. If so-and-so comes up to you and says, stop smiling, or you should smile more, and your reaction is death eyes, or I don't have these smiles, I want, blah, blah, blah. Hey, don't take it personally. I was just telling you to smile. Well, I'm not going to venture into that last comment because I think that was gaslighting. But I 
way. It's the value that I place on the comment, you should smile. To me, the value lies in a control issue that I personally hold. The comment was told by so-and-so, hey, you should smile more because it was a personal issue with so-and-so that felt the need to tell somebody who they don't even know that they should be smiling. So both issues are personal and it's okay to take something personal. But what we have to is weigh the value of the comment made on on our personal day, on our personal thing. The day in class, I was feeling upset and mad. And a comment was made that my current mood didn't align with. That is a personal problem. I am dealing with it personally. I might be stating it in a very public forum, but had it been a matter that I really felt the need to privately discuss with, uh, you know, like if it really was a volatile thing, I, I would have taken the proper steps and addressed it with the chain of command at that gym. But this is my really weird way of saying, I know I took the comment out of context. And I'm keeping that awareness of how things can be taken out of context by people who desperately want a job or want that family connection or want that friend or community connection. Just like I had to process the snub that I received in San Jose. I reached I, I reached out to shake another female's hand. I knew from death that she was very insecure about a woman around her man. So I made sure to address her. I made sure to interact with her. Even though the guy had like fruit on his head and it was a focal point in a conversation piece. I I knew that if she was around, I talked to the female. Because one, I'm not manhunting. I'm not trying to get your man. I'm not trying to take him. I want to know. I want to let you know I'm a friendly. Hi, how are you doing? Just like that lady in the running group that I ultimately decided was not for me. I sensed that competitive and that measurement standard. Going into the My Mar Half Marathon in San Jose, I knew that this was not going to be a record set race. This was a race because I wanted to accomplish a goal. And no matter what my body was telling me, I was going to accomplish the goal, which was two half marathons in a year. Not the smartest. Uh, but just to kind of 
calm things down and circle back to uh, a thing that I said like way at the beginning. Part of what I started doing. And, and, and for betterment, uh, you know, I started in 2022 after that Brooklyn race, I started identifying myself with a racing app. I started researching better nutrition. I started researching training tips and advice and just starting to feel all those things to tie in to my identity as an athlete in running. Um, I'm wrapping things up right now because I'm getting tired. It's been a long day and I, I'm just, I had to, I had to put one out back to back because like yoga, all the moving parts initiated. I really, I really do wish I could remember what I thought about being compassionate to men. It's something that has to do, it's in the line with their, the way they express themselves emotionally. Um, oh, I remember, I remember. It's about how men, Harp on the desires to protect us and take care of us, how they put an emphasis on the value of financially taking care of us as a predeterminant of their worthiness for women. Now, yes, marriage is a contract. Marriage was a contract that was initially for those who could afford it, and the women were sold to the man. But what happened was, during that process, a man would come to his family and says, I like the way your daughter makes me feel. I want to marry her. And they, the man and the father would negotiate terms and conditions, contracts, you give me three goats, I'll give you my daughter and son, or, you know, five of my family, whatever, whatever the negotiations terms. It was a large emphasis on providing, providing for the, the female. I feel that particular contractual term has turned into a manner in which men actually hide and encompass their emotions in. Like every time every time it comes up, it's my my ability to provide for you, blah 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 blah. It's it's actually been translated from a contractual thing to an emotion for men. It, it, and I don't know how, because literally I, I was, I was 
going, oh my gosh, I'm going to be have be a witness for this car accident that almost happened, and and then it all came to me. Um, but somehow, I have the theory that the term able to provide for a woman financially is some sort of beard or cover for a modern day emotion. Like they take it as an emotion. They don't understand that what they feel behind saying that is a cover for I feel vulnerable. I feel powerless. I feel. But they know how to word it into I can't provide. Okay. So I don't know where that fits in with any of us. But science in the making, right? Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I onto something? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know a lot of these things. It's okay. That's okay. Life. Life is beautiful in the midst of all this chaos. Um, no, no. It, it, it's one of those where I don't know. It, it's, I don't even know what I was saying before that. So what I'm going to do is say goodnight. Um, there's a lot to do. So that just means more.